Well, hello, everybody. Now, and we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Yet another chapter in our Corona Chronicles as we uh, as we navigate all the waters of a lockdown here in our southern southeastern state here. Uh, so, what's what's up in, in you here? We decided not to go anywhere, you know. We're just kind of hanging around home these days, and yeah, you know. Someone asked me, "Are you available to do something next Tuesday night?" And I said, "Well, it's not like I have anywhere to go." <laughs> Where would I be? Yeah, no, but actually, you know, again, we and we've talked about this a little bit, you know, that um, although we are not traveling to conferences, we are online with a lot of events, and we're doing we're doing a lot of stuff at home. So actually, we're not, you know, universally available, even though we are right here. Yeah, you know, one of the challenges of this time, though, is mm. you can't do the stuff you plan to do. Well, because, you know, like we, were plan- we, we would normally be on the road this whole time. And since we have a student graduating from college next year, or graduating from high school, rather, yeah. we would be making college visits all this spring and into the summer because that's what we did with his older brothers. Yes, but not doing it this We're time. We're not going to do it this time. And so today we have a special guest, mm-hmm. um, Lee Benz, the home scholar. Hi, Lee. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. So we are, that is a big question because, you know, life does go on even if the schools are shut down. We've got a student who's graduating from college. But commencement has gone away, so it's just a matter of finishing the classes and checking the box. And he's not happy about that. Not at happy, all. <laughs> but you know what? We've got kids that are going to graduate from high school, and they need to get the ball rolling on applications and making decisions about the kind of college they they hope to attend. And he wants to win scholarships. And one of the big things, if you want to win a scholarship, is showing interest to the college because, see, folks, scholarships are recruiting tools mm-hmm. and they have a limited number of them and they want to give them to someone who, who is actually interested in the college because if they send that, that scholarship offer to someone who's not going to come, mm-hmm. they've wasted that recruiting tool because they can offer it again later to somebody else, but it doesn't have that same punch as it does mm-hmm. in, that, or in those early days. Mm-hmm. So Lee, what are you hearing and, and what are your thoughts about this? Oh, thanks for asking and for having me. This is such a difficult time, especially for seniors, both college seniors and high school seniors. They're just in flux. And uh, and for people that are looking toward college admission, it's really hard because there are no SATs and ACTs right now. It's hard to locate them. It's hard to take them. Will it work out okay for them to be going online? And And I think we can take a certain amount of comfort in knowing that we're all in the same boat, right? Everybody across the nation and the world um, is struggling with those same issues. How do I find a college, et cetera? I think it's important to remember that as homeschoolers, though, we do have some advantages because many of the public and private schools have ended for the entire year. Many of them have moved toward pass-fail And if you have pass-fail classes and you don't have an SAT or ACT score, that that can look pretty bad. And, you know, as a homeschooler, we are able to finish our transcript, finish our courses, even if it takes till October. We can get it done, you know. And uh, and so that can kind of mitigate the problems with SAT, et cetera. And, And I did want to mention that's why your homeschool transcript is more important than ever because it really can compensate for an awful lot. 
but I did want to talk about what you can do to demonstrate interest in a college because you're right. All they really want is somebody that really will attend. If they're yeah. given admission yeah. and scholarship, will they go? Because they're ranked on whether or not people go when offered things. So mm -hmm. they want to be absolutely certain that the person yeah. that they've admitted is going to attend. But more than that, attend for all four years, no matter what happens, no matter what COVID exactly. does, <laughs> even, even graduate from there, no matter what the future holds. And so they're looking for students that really love them and frankly, love that college enough even to do online college and stay there if that's what's required for the next four years for them to graduate. Because when people don't graduate, it tremendously hurts their rankings. It really does. If you've ever yeah. wondered how do they get ranked, you know, the top 100 colleges, that that's mm -hmm. how. Did they keep people four years? Did people who were admitted stay, right? Yeah. So a couple of things that I think are really easy for people to do is to engage on social media, which mm -hmm. sounds funny, but they're um, colleges in this online thing, the um, college advisors, the college counselors, the admission folks, um, they don't interact with people in person. So they're more and more likely the person who is actually on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. And if their mm -hmm. social media manager doesn't know the answer. They'll they'll tell the admission person to answer. So they they yeah. really are, I think, probably for the first time interacting some. Um, well, let, which, okay, let me interject on that because yeah. you know we know homeschooling families who have been very hesitant about introducing their young people into the social media world because there is I mean, it's, it's like a big city. There's a lot of good there. There's some questionable things, a lot of that. and so. You know, when you say, okay, now I've got a high school senior, I've got a 17 and a half year old or whatever, they really do need to be learning to use social media, don't they? Even if they have it up to this point. Which is the challenge, the social media and responsibly, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, they need, to, they need to learn to use it like Christians. And exactly. it's likely to do that if you do introduce them while they're still in your home. Uh -huh. Everybody is out of your home. Or you can coach them. Yeah, or you can coach them, where you can keep an eye on it, where you can say, you know, honey, let's talk about this. Yeah, and yeah, that, because that, they, they do need to portray themselves as a, a moral adult, right, rather than an immoral yeah. teenager. So, well, and, yeah. and even, even our really good kids can struggle with this because they don't have a worldly perspective. Mm -hmm. And so they may not realize that a picture of them with their friends holding red solo cups those red solo cups may be full of lemonade, but everyone at the college who sees it is going to assume it's full of beer. That's you know? right. And our kids may not understand that the cool picture of them shooting skeet looks like a kid who's into guns yeah. to an admissions officer. Yeah. You know? So our kids just need coaching with their social media before they start interacting with the colleges. Okay. I completely agree. So that's your first point, that in this time, is that? do you think that's true even – outside of the lockdown, shutdown, COVID-19 world we're in now? Oh, oh I think keeping your f profiles clean, absolutely, that is always mm -hmm. a big deal because they will go check your social media on yes. across the board. They'll check everything. 
but it used to be they would do that when when they wanted to give somebody money, scholarship money, they would yeah. go and they would their social media profile and it was a one and done and they'd scroll all the way through or whatever. I think the yeah. difference is now they're more likely to be on their own page or accessible yeah. by their own Facebook page or their own Instagram page. So I think that's the change. Okay. Oh yeah. I think Good. they're just, everybody's paying more attention to it because we're all home. Okay. So, and then the next thing you can do is you can actually visit the campus by virtual tour. And okay. that's, yeah, that's what the colleges has spent this entire last two months doing. They put everything on hold and they've just been working on how do we have a campus visit when there's nobody on campus and nobody can come, right? So they've yeah. been really working on that. But what you need to do is to make sure that when you take those virtual tours, you have allowed cookies because you literally want them to track you. Yeah. Okay. You but want them to know. Because yeah. that tracking is how they determine that you are truly interested. Interest. Exactly. That's and so it point. used to be when you were visiting, you would call and you would make an appointment. They would know your name. They would welcome you and they knew you took a tour and they knew what class you took and they knew you ate on campus, et cetera, because they used the coupon right, for, for yeah, the right. meal. Well, so that now the only way that you can be tracked is if they you allow cookies and they will actually look at your computer IP address and be able to check how many interactions you've had with their website. OK, uh, which can freak people out, <laughs> um, but it's a good thing for you to be doing. And then after you do that virtual visit, the same sort of process happens after that. You ask some follow up questions. Yeah. This will be by email. Um, maybe you could call the admission advisor, um, certainly not too often, but at least once to speak to them, tell them who you are, what city you're from so that they can say, OK, they came, they took the virtual tour. They yeah. live in Seattle. They're probably this IP address. That's the yeah. computer. And they'll keep those details together. So they'll know how many times have you visited? Are you a frequent visitor? Do you frequently go to their Facebook page or interact that way? And so that's that's how you can do that. Hmm. Now, right. the, and the other thing you could do is to you know, go ahead. For that because, you know, when Hal and I applied to college, how many colleges did you apply to? Oh, um, one. I applied to three. <laughs> Most of our kids have applied to 10 or more. Yeah. Because with so many more people applying to college, if you've got to have a scholarship, you've got yeah. to apply to a bunch of colleges. So you need to have a plan. This isn't going to be yeah. something you do every day. This is something you're going to be doing over the next few months. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a long process. So mm -hmm. to continue that online checking them out, then you would ask them if you can attend an online class session, just oh, like when you're doing a visit, oh, yeah. they're all online, right? And oh, that will yeah. help you to figure out how well is it going to work next year? Because uh, many colleges now are talking about they don't know when they can open and maybe oh, it will be October, November, but maybe it won't be until January, second semester, oh, right? And so oh, having that online class can give you a lot of information about 
How well prepared are they? Um, will it still be able for me to start college on time should this continue? It really helps you be prepared. Well, that's good advice, especially for those who have seniors. This is National Decision Month, where you have to make your final decision about where you're going to college by April 30th. So if you've got kids at, who are making that decision, seniors, I, that's a great thing to recommend. Well, yes. I, that, I, that had not occurred to me, but you're quite right, Lee, because that is part of a good comprehensive campus visit to get to sit in on a freshman class and kind of see what's the tone there. And right. if classes are online, that may be what you experience when you matriculate in the fall. Yes. And so, so that, yeah, that makes good sense. I like that. Well, so, yeah, it's, you know, the, everything is so different. It's extremely it's, different. And I think that's something that, again, we're all in this together, right? But I think that we yeah. can really expect our colleges to extend their reply date uh, they don't want everybody to say no because they're all locked down. Yeah. So many of them are saying you you can take well past the national candidate reply date and they're extending yeah. that. Um, yeah. The other thing is if you do have a senior, many of the colleges are expecting people to have a parent just laid off just this week, yeah. right? And so yeah. they're expecting to see financial appeals. They're expecting yeah. to see people requesting a deferral, right? I'm not going to start now. I'm going to defer until next year. Um, and people taking gap years. I, I simply can't come this year. I'm, I'm going to be delivering groceries for a year. And, you know, keep in mind, that's not a bad thing. These are our emergency workers right now. These are our army right now. You know, and, uh, and, people uh, understand, and people in the colleges understand that and they're trying to survive too. Oh, yes. So they recognize that they're going to lose some kids who came home and just can't manage it online. Right. And who, you know, I know yeah. one of our one of the colleges one of our kids goes to now is a college that has a, a high proportion of, of um, first college student, you know, in the yeah, family. First in the family. First right. in the family to go to college. And they're very concerned about losing kids along the way oh, right now. Extremely. You know, I know my son knows he doesn't have a choice. He's got to get his right. score done. Mom will kill right. him. You know? Right. But, but, but it's, I know. it's just, it's not just the ranking either. It's they have to stay financially afloat. They have to have enough students in order to get financial aid, in order to pay their professors. It's all tied up together. Uh, like, you know, many business budgets are. So, yeah. This yeah. Is a great great conversation Lee let's come back in just a minute and take this a little further because I've got a lot more questions and things I want to talk we want to talk about with you yeah. folks we want to encourage you while you're home with kids that are going crazy that craftsman crate our subscription box may be just the answer it this teaches yes it teaches artisanal skills and it has everything you need, no trips to the store, not even to the Walmart pickup, because it has everything you need to, yeah. to accomplish it. And it teaches, it has real tools, real things. This isn't the box of papers that some subscription boxes are. It teaches you to do hobbies that you might enjoy the rest of your life. Right. So check out craftsmancrate.com, mm -hmm. and you can use new crate 1010 to get $10 off your first box. 
So, so. I, I got to chime in and just say, and this super cute stuff, like from a mom, the, what, what you just mentioned, super cute stuff. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> we do that all the time. People love it. I was yeah. on Instagram this morning and saw um, someone had gotten an advanced copy of the box that's going out next month, which is Scrimshaw, and had done some incredible Scrimshaw. It was really beautiful. And so, you know, yeah. I, I think people enjoy it. Yeah. Well, okay, what, so. okay, one thing I want to I bring up is that in, if you have a high school junior, when you when it comes to October and you're filling out the FAFSA, they will ask you for 2019 data. And for a lot of people, that's not going to be accurate. No, it's not and, because because 2020, all bets are off. And yeah, I would not be surprised, although they have not announced changes, I would not be surprised if changes do come down the pike simply for that reason. And, yes. and you know, I think we have. We said this several times in the first segment, and I've got to just, I, I just want to underscore this. Everybody is dealing with it. Yeah. It's not a matter of, oh, my poor college or, oh, my poor school. I, I'm, I'm not going to be competitive. Everybody, everybody's everybody all over is the world. Rush. You know, everybody's family is, in Asia, they're yeah, dealing with it. Everybody's, everybody's boat it. is swamped. Everybody is flooded out. We're all dealing with it. So, and so just, there's going to be adjustments. So take a breath. You don't have to panic. Yes. You don't have to freak out. Everybody's going to be adjusting. And so what do you do if your EFC comes back too high? You can appeal to the well, to their financial aid department, right? Okay. We need some definitions here. Okay. FAFSA is the federal. federal Federal A, I don't federal know what it stands for. For, for federal student aid. Okay. Free application. Federal student aid. It's what you fill out. Fill out. If you're going to college, you've got to fill it out, basically. That that so, is kind of your your baseline for for their calculation of how much financial aid they're going to offer. Right now. And yes, should, it is intrusive and long. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just the way the game is. Now, the EFC is your estimated family contribution, correct? Yes. That, and so that's what the college looks at your financial records and says, we think you can afford to pay X. Yeah. True. Keeping in mind that all the government decides on what people can afford is just an awesome thing, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, as, as our children grow up and leave home, that's changing for us, too. <laughs> yeah, for the yeah. children that are left, the age goes down you know as we have yeah. children home. but yeah. a lot of people are going to get an EFC that looks like it's too high that they can't afford and so talk to us about appealing right so usually well you start with your um admission advisor usually uh talking to them about your financial situation uh, my guess is that because the whole world is under this same situation they are going to be modifying it somehow. Now, I'm not really sure how they're going to modify it based on what they did with small businesses. It wouldn't surprise me if they based your income based on the first half of 2020 rather than the whole year. Um, but, you know, it, it's really difficult to say. But the what I do know is that the federal government is very concerned with helping college students and helping colleges stay afloat in the midst of this. What they don't yet know is how much money is going to be available. 
So if you do have a senior right now, now is the time to be reaching out and saying, I need to have that looked at. Again, this is not, we are, our whole family is directly affected. Uh, our whole family has been laid off or experienced this or that. And that can really make a big, big difference in the financial mm-hmm. that they give. I will say one thing about the international students is that many colleges have said they expect to see zero international students. And for some colleges, that is a huge number. And so they're more willing uh, to help out more students because they need to fill a certain amount of slots, right? Yeah. And um, so it might be good news. Yeah. Now, you know, excuse me, one thing to kind of underscore there, and this has always been the case, earlier action is better, especially well, if you're looking at financial let's not, you, let's not say early action, though, because that has a specific meaning. Oh, I'm sorry, meaning. that's true. Okay. That's specific meaning. Pretend I did not but use that applying phrase. earlier <laughs> is better than to... applying later. Yes. Okay. For financial aid, for right. academics, for everything. Okay. The sooner you get your application in, the, the more likely you are to get the financial help you need to, to be in time for scholarship deadlines. Some scholarship deadlines are as early as September. Well, I and see, as we, you know, as small business owners with the financial aid that's being offered to, to small businesses, you know, that door opened and shut real quick because yeah. so many people are looking so for help. Much. So many yeah. people are needing assistance that the, the pool of money that was available was tapped really fast. And then that's going to be to the colleges too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So early. The early. early. Yeah. What I tell people is however you apply early action, early decision, any fancy words out there, right? Whatever your personal deadline is, you try to beat that by a month. So that's what yeah. we mean when we say apply early. Okay. Yeah. Whatever your deadline is, beat it by mm-hmm. a month. And, and that allows room for things to happen because, you know, it's our sixth son that is a junior this year. Number six. And so we've been through this a few times. And inevitably, you'll get the flu or your child will get the flu or something will happen or his prof- his teacher assigns him. He's taking an online class. His teacher assigns, it, uh, assigns a huge research paper. Something will happen to make it hard for you to meet that deadline. That's and right. If you're, if you put your personal deadline a month earlier, then you've got some wiggle room. Right. Of course, true mm-hmm. confession, my deadline, you know, I was determined to do it a month early and I made it two weeks early, but I'm still saying it was early, right? So right. that's why <laughs> that's why you aim for a month so you can hit it, you know, reasonably. Right. Absolutely. So, right. Um, let's talk for a few minutes about good questions to ask when you call your mm. admissions officer um and it's always good to ask if you're a homeschooler is there an admissions officer who specializes in homeschoolers because frequently colleges do have admissions officers that specialize in us right let's talk about good questions ask them and then let's talk too about it's also good to contact the um, head of the department you might be interested in and good questions to yes, ask. That's them. what I was going to say. That's my number one question is to make sure that whatever it is you're interested in and possibly pursuing for a major, find out can you speak to that uh, department head? And, you know, often the answer is yes. Um, they would be eager to talk to real students. They're kind of gauging uh, the student to see whether they really are interested. 
have they thought it through at all? Or is it something that mommy or daddy is making them yeah. do, mm-hmm. you know? And that brings up another point. Mom and dad, don't do this. Do not no. make those calls. It does no. zero good. In fact, it does harm yeah. you make the call. Out of the room. <laughs> yes. That's now, that right. doesn't mean you can't prepare your child. We've right. had some children that and were very nervous about this, and we did role-playing before we did before they made calls. And, mm-hmm. and that can be really helpful, but you can't make the call for them. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry? What should they ask their admissions officer? So the other thing I would suggest is that they contact um, them to ask about faith groups on campus to see if they, you know, what is, what are the popular church groups or Bible studies so that you can try to find a church home at that university. And I think, you know, that's really important for Christians. Well, that's something that our, our uh, older sons have told us about their experience on campus. They said they found that if an incoming freshman gets involved in a local church and one of the Bible studies or, or fellowship groups on campus within the first three weeks, mm-hmm. then they're probably going to stick around. They're probably not going to go adrift. But if they let it slide, then it becomes awkward to show up in the middle of a semester yes. and then they get out of the habit. And it's yes. real easy to just let things fall away. And so they, exactly. they really put a, they put a lot of effort as upperclassmen into getting those freshmen plugged in. And, you know, even if you're not going to be on campus, you know, one of the things we found when we when we made actual campus visits was we would try to find one of those groups, you know, from crew right. or university or whatever, and talk C-R-U, to the campus. C R U, by the way, crew. C R U. It freaks people out. The spelling. Okay. <laughs> yeah, call it crusade. They call yeah. they call it crew now. But yeah, anyway, because that's not but, politically correct. <laughs> right. But you know, we talked to one of the campus ministers privately to say, hey, you know, what's the climate here? And um, often yeah. you find it's very different than it's been portrayed. I remember going to a Southern Ivy and uh-huh. they, um, it, it, it had a church connection. And so it appeared to be a friendly place for Christians. But when we actually sat down and talked to a campus minister, to someone who was leading one of the campus groups, we found out, no, it was very hostile to Christians. Right. And you need and to so know that. You need to know that. Yep. And, and you may still choose to go there, but you're going to have a different plan. But so when you ask about faith groups on campus or about other groups on campus, you can also find that stuff out from the website. And often there's an email address where you can contact them. Mm-hmm. If you can't find a faith group on campus, you can contact the national InterVarsity fellowship, national crew, leadership and ask them for contact for that campus. Yes. And if you can't find any groups on campus, that tells you something too. Got a bigger problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And and I think it's also worth noting that, you know, even though there are specific questions to ask, it's always good to make sure that you have read their admission policies, you know what they want, you're asking any follow-up questions about what really is required for admission, if something is special required of homeschoolers, for example. And when you're doing that, just keep in mind that they're trying not to put any impediments between you well, and your money, right? They want you to go. They want your money. And uh, so they're trying to make it really, really easy for you to apply. So they may say that they're test optional or whatever, 
But at the same time, if you're looking for scholarships, you really want yes. to exceed expectations and give them more than they're asking for. And so if they say that they're test optional, that they probably are, and they probably won't give you scholarships either unless you provide that. And um, and course descriptions, letters of recommendation, if they have application essays and they say, oh, we'll waive that for you. Never Never waive an essay. (laughs) Always write the essays. Okay. No matter how many they say are optional, write them. And even if you have a struggling learner, it is okay for that struggling learner to dictate their essay to you. Yes. That is yes. fine. But don't right. turn down the essay. Exactly. <laughs> admissions committee gets to know you. That's yeah. what separates you from everybody else. I, I yeah. think I'll, inter- I'll interject here. Uh, we do have an episode back in the archives about attending college without going bankrupt in the process. And we talk yeah. a lot about this this whole financial aid picture. And and so a lot of that, the part is from home that's over email or the phone or whatever yeah. else, that continues on. It's the on-campus visits that have yeah. become largely impossible for now. Well, we are so, really out of time. I feel like we are. could talk about this for two hours. Well, let's, yes. let's, let's get Lee to tell us, just tell our listeners briefly. Yes. What are you about? Yeah, tell us about your, about your business and ministry, sure. about what, how you can help people and how they can find you. Okay, yeah. So um, my mission is actually to help people homeschool through high school. So uh, my focus is on helping the parents that have a 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, or 12th grader. And so I help them learn how to homeschool high school. I help them learn about tests, learn about college admission, uh, learn to be the best possible uh, college coach that they can be for their students. So you don't have to pay, I don't know, $70,000 for that. Right. So I am the teacher to the mom and dad. Right. Um, I do again, want to mention that I, I think your homeschool transcript has never been more important. And uh, I do help people to make their homeschool transcript. So if you go to total transcript solution, Dot com totaltranscriptsolution.com, then you'll get information on how to make a homeschool transcript very quickly. Um, it has multiple templates that you can use and plenty of training, no matter what the situation, no matter how unique your child, you'll find uh, the information that you need to make a great and official homeschool transcript. Um, my website is home high school health. Dot com because my goal is to provide home high school help for you. So that's well, what all, I do. All one word, no spaces or dashes. That's right. Homehighschoolhelp.com. Excellent. Right. Well, we've been talking with Lee Benz, the home scholar. We're talking about how how do you express interest to college when you can't actually show up anymore? And uh, Lee, we do appreciate your yes. insight on it. It's a strange world, but um, God is world. still on the phone. And there's still a pathway through this as we all learn the new normal right now. So look, we want to thank all of you for joining us. We're here every week and you can also find us in our archives at howandmelanie.com slash radio or anywhere fine podcasts are available such as Apple podcasts and iTunes, and Spotify and iHeartRadio. Right. And we would love to, we would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Go out to our site at Mm raisingrealmen.com. Let us hear from you and um, 
give us a review, okay? Okay. Thanks, Look, We folks. do appreciate you joining us and hope you join us next time when we talk about taking biblical principles into the 21st century family. Until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie.